0: Good morning Revolution Church. Happy, morning. New year. Happy New Year. Anybody excited about 2020 in this place? Yeah. Anybody excited about 2020 in this place? Uh, okay, there you go. Okay, awesome. We always love starting out our new year with prayer. And this why this this month and this week we're actually titling this series Prayer it's easier than you think our goal over the next three weeks is to talk about prayer and get rid of some of the some of the stigma against it and and help us to understand that prayer is easier than we think in prayer really simple we've complicated it through the ages I know I have and i will share some of my experiences with you today but um, hopefully you hear our heart over the next three weeks particularly about prayer it is actually easier than you think okay um, we also are kicking off our 21 days of prayer today. We started our first session this morning, and we always believe that it's God put it in our heart years ago to start the first... Uh, 21 days off of every new year with prayer because we really believe that all of us need a reset at the beginning of a new year. How many of you could use a little reset right now? Coming out of the holidays, getting a little bit of normal back into your life, come on, trying to get rid of some of the five pounds or so that you picked on with some of the cheesecake. Help me out somebody, come on. All right, or so. Okay, so uh, but anyway, rate, so a reset. Everybody needs a reset. And we always felt like prayer was our opportunity to reset. And we're not also going to call it prayer. We're calling it prayer and fasting. It's a word that's lost in our society today, but I really believe God is bringing fasting back into the church. He's bringing fasting back into the church, I believe because we're getting a proper understanding of what fasting is. As soon as I heard the word fasting, I had a negative connotation about it and it made me want to go the other way because I like food. How many like food in this place? You could tell I like food. Come on, right? And so, so you hear the word fasting and you connect that with food. And so I want to tell you something. Fasting is not refraining from food. Here's the, here here's what I have to say. If you refrain from food and you don't spend time with God, you're starving yourself. That's not fasting, okay? Fasting is saying, I'm going to give up an activity, and in replacement of this activity, I'm going to spend additional time with God because I want to reset. I want to hear his voice. I know he's the author and the finisher of the universe and my faith, and he has all the answers I need. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? And so when we say we're going to fast, what we're saying is we're going to set aside time Additional time to spend time with God. So and the, the most common thing that people fast is food. And so they might fast a meal. So my encouragement to you is if you fast a meal, okay, then Spend extra time reading the Bible. Or spend some time worshiping God to some worship music. Spend extra time with God. That's what fasting is. Now why is that so important? Does fasting move God? No. Fasting moves you. It puts your flesh down. It puts your appetites down. It puts puts your desires down. It says, I am not going to allow this bag of chocolate chip cookies to control me anymore. Okay, I'm not going to allow Doritos to control me anymore. What is controlling you? All right. What is it? Come on, help me out. What, what, what? Brownies? Coldstone? Social media. So Forget the social media. We all know. It. I was going to get to social media eventually, but I'm stuck on food right now. Come on. Pizza. Don't tell me you're going to fast pizza. Say, here's an idea with pizza. Here's an idea of pizza. Here's an idea of pizza. Say you're going to fast pepperoni pizza, but you'll eat pizza. Come on. <laughs> all right no so so what fasting puts our, us says we say to god lord i am not going to participate in this activity maybe it's a meal maybe it's social media like somebody said because in in replacement of this time I'm going to spend time with God instead. That's what this is about. And I'm encouraging you over the next 21 days, I believe there's going to come some amazing breakthrough in this place. I believe God gave me a scripture to stand on for the 21 days. And I really believe for the rest of 2020 about what he wants to do with Revolution Church and with our lives individually and personally. I believe we serve a miracle God. Anybody believe that? Anybody still believe that God does miracles in his place, right? I believe we serve a miracle God. And I believe God wants to show up and do some cool things in our lives. In 2020, and so what I want to encourage you again. um, Somebody told me today that they're they're going to be fasting meat for 21 days. That's great. Somebody said they're going to be fasting social media for 21 days. That's great too. You have to be led by the Spirit of God on what you're going to fast. If you fast something because somebody else is fasting something, that is not being led by the Spirit of God. Fast what you feel like God is leading you to fast. God is leading me to fast sweets over the next 21 days. I love sweets. My wife has the biggest sweet tooth in the world. I have no idea how she eats all that half a brownie batter thing that she does, and she's still as skinny as she is. She's got this metabolism from heaven that we all need. Come on. All right, and so... so Yeah, amen. Amen. Hey, by the way, let me just say what amen means. Amen means be it done unto me. You want a skinny body? Amen. You want to hear from God? Amen. Want some financial breakthrough in 2020? Amen. Want some healing from that stubborn thing that's been bothering you? Amen. Right? Amen means be it done unto me, right? So just a little nugget right here. If I say something that kind of stirs you to say, Amen. say it. Amen. <laughs> All right. I'm Italian. I like responses. Come on. You know what I'm saying. All right. Okay. So fast based on the things that you are led to fast. Okay. Go home, talk about it, think it over, pray about it. For me, I won't be I'll be fasting some meals but I will be fasting many I'll be fasting my meals as the Lord leads me let's say let's say you're led to fast a lunch one day you just feel like the Lord wants me to fast this lunch today and you're at work go into the car throw some worship music on read your Bible you have it on your phone now okay spend that 30 minutes where you would be eating lunch spend that time with God and I promise you the results will be amazing again fasting doesn't move God God is already moving. Listen, can I let you know something? He moved 2,000 years ago when Jesus hung on the cross. He moved on your behalf. Amen. Okay, now, God is always moving. Moving here's the deal, and he's always speaking, but are we always listening, and are we keeping up with what God is doing? Fasting says, flesh, I am not going to let you stand in the way. I'm going to get here and stand right here and receive everything that God has for me. When you're fasting, you're like sitting in that catcher position, and you refuse to move out of that catcher position until he delivers a 100-mile-an-hour fastball so that you can catch it and do something special with your life. Come on, anybody hear what I'm saying in this place, all right? So fasting puts you in a position to hear from God, God's always speaking. He's always moving. Aren't you guys glad we serve an amazing God like that? Okay. All right. So let me give you the scripture that we're going to be standing on. Okay, it's in John three twenty-seven. In the middle of December, I was just doing my own personal study, and God really spoke to me about this scripture. In fact, I was reading it, and there's how. Sometimes you could tell. I'm going to take my time pastorally here today because sometimes this is how God will speak to you. You'll be reading your Bible, and that's why reading the Bible is so important because prayer is you talking to God and the. Bible Bible is God speaking to you if you let him, okay? The Bible is living, it's active, it will talk to you. How many have experienced God, the word of God speaking to you, right? And so the word God, God's word will speak to you. And so I was just in my personal study, just, just spending time with God. And this scripture came up in John three twenty-seven. It says, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. When I read those words, it was like they jumped off the Bible and they just like hit me And it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, Dino, this is what I have for you in 2020. This is what I have for you in 2020. Everything that you're believing me for is gonna come from me. And it was a correction for me because I'm a strong individual. I come from a strong family. And a lot, of times, a lot of times we have the things that we have because of the effort that we put in. But this is telling me that God was saying it's self-effort isn't going to cause these things to happen. You know, he said these things that you're believing for are going to come from heaven. Come on. Your breakthrough, that healing, that stubborn situation, that marital issue, issue you may have with your kids, it's coming from heaven. Breakthroughs are coming from heaven in 2020. I believe this with my whole heart. Do you? And so this scripture, God is challenging me to stand on for Revolution Church, to stand on for you to stand on for me personally, for my family, and it may be the scripture that we stand on for the entire year. I don't know yet. I know this for the next 21 days. This is going to be our focus right here. We're going to stand on this, and we're going to see God do some amazing things in this place. Do I have any takers in this house with me? Amen. How many could say, you know, Pastor Dino, I'm ready for God to do some extra things in my life this year. I'm ready to walk into some some purpose. I'm ready to walk in some destiny. This scripture particularly is about the calling of God, actually. It's John the Baptist telling his disciples that a man gets nothing. He's, He's correcting his disciples about the grumpiness they were having about all the people that were following Jesus' ministry. And he basically tells his disciples, listen, Jesus has got a call from heaven, just like I have a call from heaven. And guess what? You have a call from heaven, too. We all have a call from heaven. It may not be to do what I'm doing, it may not be doing what Joe's doing, but we all have a call from heaven. If you're a Christian, any Christians in this house here today? Yes. Any Christians in this house here today? Yes. You have a call from heaven. Turn to the person next to you and say, I think he's talking about you. Don't you? Come on, tell him, tell him, tell him. Tell him. That was really, really weak. Okay, now turn to the person on the other side. And tell, him, I think he's talking about you. All right, come on, tell him. All right, okay. All right, so let's pray. And we're going to get into this message and um, the starting point for prayer. And I hope you hear our heart pastoral today about the place that God wants to take us. And over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about our Father, we're going to be talking about our authority, and we're going to be talking about our forgiveness. Three topics, I believe, that will aid us in prayer and prayer being easier than we think. Let's pray and let's invite the Holy Spirit to help me teach this message, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and we praise you for the opportunity to share your word. We thank you and praise you, Lord, always, always for the privilege to stand here and to be your voice and for people to come to open their hearts, Lord, to your voice and to your word. Holy Spirit, I just want you to know how awesome it is how amazing it is to pastor this church, to be a part of something that you're doing special. And so Lord, I just thank you. Let my vocal cords be your vocal cords. I just lend them to you. I'll lend my thoughts to you. Speak through me words that come from heaven. Lord, I know that people haven't come here to be entertained. I know they haven't come here, Lord God, to, to be tickled. I know they came And a lot of cases out of desperation. A lot of cases because they need a change. They need a breakthrough. And I I just pray, Lord, right now that you use us, use this church, use this message. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We're going to be talking about our Father, our authority, and our forgiveness. The goal of this series is to entice you, is to get you to see that prayer doesn't have to be laborious. It doesn't have to be harsh. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be this wild unknown that prayer actually can be a place of delight. Think of a person that you enjoy spending time with. Think of a person that when you sit across and you're having coffee with them or you're having a meal with them and how your conversation with them is so rich and so fulfilling and so fun and so, uh, so driving and so, so future-related, okay, that, that you, you leave there feeling better, time flies, time passes, right? Think of that, and that's what prayer should be. Prayer shouldn't be laborious, shouldn't be hard. Prayer should actually be a delight. If prayer is not a delight for you, or spending time with God is not a delight, or spending time with God isn't something that you look forward to, then I believe that over the next three weeks, it's something that you are going to find out and determine for yourself. Okay, awesome. So look at this scripture here in Psalm thirty-seven four. I want you to see this. It says, To delight yourself also in the Lord... And he will give you the desires of your heart. Who's giving you the desires of your heart, guys? God is. If you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. I found out this about the Lord. That God gives you the desires of your heart whether you delight in him or not. Come on, somebody. Because he's a big God. But i got to tell you something. Why not spend time with, one, with a father, with a God who loves you and who wants the best for you, Okay? and wants you to experience things in life that we can't experience on our own, why not find that place of delight in Him? And I believe one of the reasons why I didn't, and I want to speak by personal experience, is because I didn't know about that. I knew Jesus as Savior, died for my sin, and I knew God of the Old Testament. I knew all of those things, but I didn't know that I could have a delight in my relationship with Him. Okay? And so, where do you start then? Where do you start Prayer. What is prayer? Prayer then is communion with God, an intimate dialogue with God. Not a monologue, but a dialogue. When we talk about spending time with God, it's an opportunity to to sit across the table and to dialogue with him and to have conversations with him. If we, if we think prayer is going into a closet and just reading a bunch of lists off to the Lord, that's called a monologue. How many, you know, how many of you know, if you were just sitting at a table, okay, let me just say this, let me just say this. Everybody's had this experience. Have you ever gone out with somebody, okay, and they did all the talking? Come on. Okay, have you ever gone out with somebody and they did all the talking? Now you're a little bashful because you may be sitting next to the person that does that, All right. So, okay. Oh, didn't mean that. Sorry. Don't, don't throw that at me, please. So, how many of you felt, like, fulfilled in an environment like that? You're just, you just let them go, and, and you're, you're, you're trying to get words in. You're try, you know what I'm talking about? I believe God does the same thing. I mean, when we get in there, we get this long list, and, and I believe God's trying to say, hey, hey, what about, hey, 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 hey. Oh, hey, All right, God, thanks. Like, and I leave the prayer time. That's not prayer. Prayer is communing with God. Listen to this. Listen to this. And then allowing him to commune with you, allowing him to mold you and to shape you and to prepare you and to speak to you and to show you things that are to come, to open doors for you, to show how you can correct some things in your life, to show you how you can be a better husband, a better employee, a better worker, a better pastor. Come on, somebody. No, that was, I should have got an amen on that one right there. <laughs> okay? So prayer is that monologue, okay? Prayer, is if you study the scripture, it's how God moves in the earth. It's how God accomplishes his will in our lives. It's how God does things, okay? So there's a starting point in prayer, and I believe this starting point is the part that hung me up when we started talking about prayer becoming a delight or spending time with God in a delightful way, not in a scary way, not in a way that that maybe is unknown, okay? And so where, where do you start with prayer? The disciples asked the same question. The disciples said, Jesus, you've got this relationship with God that we haven't seen. You've got this walk with God. I mean, you talk with authority, but yet you talk with such love and care and kindness. You're not like the other guys. There's something special about you. Can you teach us what you've found? Can you teach us to be like you? This is what the disciples said. And Jesus said, okay, I'm going to teach you how to pray. And here's how he starts out. Ready? Bet you haven't heard this before. Our Father who is in heaven. This was his answer to his disciples. And it freaked them out. How many of you remember? How many of you know the Our Father prayer, right? It was right here where Jesus introduced it to the world because they had been asking about his relationship with God. And listen to this. They never heard the concept, our Father. Jesus showed up. He was talking about how the Father delights in you. The Father delights in us. Yeah, God is your Father, and He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to be involved in your life. The Father loves you. He kept talking about the Father, the Father, and it freaked out the people of the day because they didn't know him as the Father. Jesus even actually said this statement. He said, I'm going to go to my Father and to your Father. Man, they just went on overload on that one. We don't know the Father. Who is this that you're talking about? And it really angered the religious people especially. You see, because they knew him as Elohim, a name for God, the creator. They knew him as Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, the great God who keeps covenant with us. Some of us don't even know what the word covenant is. You'll find out about that next week. I promise you, it's amazing. He's El Shaddai, the almighty God. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where El Shaddai shows up in the Old Testament. El Shaddai, the almighty God. Okay, awesome. He shows up in Abraham's life. When Abraham was in his 90s, and he's still believing to have a child, okay? And the Lord shows up to him, and he says, you're going to have a child. And Abraham says, how is that so? My stuff's not working anymore. That's, the, that's what the, one of the translations says. Not literal, but that's basically the paraphrase. It's not working anymore. And God says, I am El Shaddai. And listen, it's a fitting name for Abraham when in his 90s and everything starts working, you'd say the same thing, El Shaddai, come on. <laughs> All right, you'd say the same thing. So they knew him as all-powerful, all-covenant, strong and mighty, judge. They knew about the stories in the Old Testament. Out of the ground opened up because people didn't serve God. And they got, they got swallowed up. And imagine being a kid and hearing those stories. They knew those stories. And here's Jesus. He shows up and says, I'm going to my father and to your father. Isn't that amazing? Imagine. Imagine this. Imagine this. Okay. And the leaders, let me say this too, before. I want to show you a picture real quick. The leaders of that day displayed the, displayed God differently than Jesus displayed. I, I believe this. Okay. All right. They put it up too soon. It's all right. Don't, don't get lost in this. This is a really spooky looking guy right over here, okay? Now this is, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, okay? Because this is a, an orthodox priest, okay, This is what they would have worn in the time of Jesus. And and Orthodox uh, uh, Jews still do this, and so we have to respect that. That's where they are. So we're not here to make fun of it. I just want you to know that, okay? What I want you to do is I want you to picture this. I want you to picture Jesus standing in front of you, kind of dressed like me, an everyday guy. Come on. He's saying... And and thousands of people are, keep it up, keep keep the picture up. Thousands of people are flocking to him, and he's talking about the Father. The Father loves you. The Father cares for you. And you're a kid, and you're hearing this. The Father loves you. The Father cares for you. And your picture of God, okay, and your relationship with God is here in this. Jesus and this. Now, I know I'm way better looking than this right over here. Come on, somebody. All right, here, I want to take my time over here because this, what this, there's, there's a couple things on here, and I want you to imagine being alive 2,000 years ago, and this is what you saw, okay? You were living in this environment where Jesus shows up. He's talking about the Father, and you see men who supposedly represent God, Elohim, El Shaddai, the judge, all of that, dressed like this, all right? So on his head... It's called a phylactery. And on his arm, on his bicep, is a phylactery. You see the leather straps. And so these priests would walk around the community with scriptures in their hands and and, and in these square boxes actually had Scriptures of the Torah written in them. And it was, it was because they were taking the scripture literally in Deuteronomy chapter 11 that they needed to keep the word of God on their mind and always before them, okay? So they came up with a system over here, which they still do today, and it's their custom. And, and again, I'm not knocking it, okay? But if you're a kid... You're 13, 14 years old, 12 years old, and you've got zest for living, and, and, and you know you want to, your you, you whole life's in front of you, you want to play soccer, you want to get on Disney Plus, Netflix, all that kind of stuff, and you see a guy like this walking around, you're just like, and then you hear a guy like Jesus show up saying, the Father. He's not wearing one of these square things. He doesn't have this thing on his bicep, but he's talking about the Father, and he's experiencing miracles. He's raising people from the dead. He's loving sinners. He's loving people. And yet they see this guy here as the representative of God. Are you guys getting this picture? Wouldn't you be confused? Wouldn't you be like, wait a minute. And this is what happened. Here's Jesus. I'm showing you a new concept. The Father. The Father loves you. The Father cares about you. The Father wants to spend time with you. And in their mind, they had to wrestle with this wait a minute, but our fathers, our priests, and our leaders say this, and they live like this. Again, imagine being a kid. Imagine being a family, hearing about Jesus, hearing this, hearing about Jesus, hearing this. Can you guys see the confusion that came about 2,000 years ago? Then, here's what I thought about in my own personal experience. I thought about, I wonder if we still struggle with this concept of the Father. Who loves me, beyond my mistakes, beyond my failure, because of what Jesus did, as opposed to this, as opposed to maybe some religious upbringing, maybe some bad teaching. You can get rid of this picture now. Thank you. And I thought, as I was thinking about this, I thought about myself. I thought about my upbringing. I love the Lord. I was raised in a real God-fearing family, a family that that feared God okay and we went to church every Sunday nine o'clock in the morning Sunday school 10 o'clock service lunch and then afternoon service didn't get home till four o'clock in the afternoon every Sunday was that way for us then I went to church on Wednesdays did the same thing and then sometimes went to church on Thursday my life was in church as a kid okay all the time all the time and so but the whole time that I was in church as a kid I didn't hear about the father I didn't hear about any of this stuff. My dad had a Bible on his nightstand, one of those big ones. And I, I still remember being three or four years old and just wondering, why is he always in this book, okay? He had it sitting on a nightstand, and so i never forget going in there and opening up the Bible. What is this book? And it had cool pictures in it, right? And I opened up to Noah and the ark and all the animals. And as a three- or four-year-old, oh, this is really cool. Animals, cool, you know? Really interesting. Open up to another picture. I saw one. There was there was Abraham and and, and Abraham had these lambs and, and he's walking around with his sons. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. Open up to another one. Women singing and you know, made the mistake of open up to, to a picture of Adam and Eve. Help me out, somebody. Come on. So then I'll never forget. I opened up to the New Testament and I saw a picture of Jesus hanging on a cross. Bloody. Graphic. He's laying there, dead. And I'll never forget, at at four years old, looking at that picture, and I just went, shut the Bible, and I never went back in my parents' room for at least two years, I promise you. That picture and that image scared me so much. And in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, we're we're going to church to serve God? We're going to church, and, and this is what God does to people? So that stayed with me. Then I would hear stories like this. True story, I'd hear stories like this. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we, would, we, we were at a, this, this evening meeting and, and and we were celebrating this missionary's life who, 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 who'd passed and did a lot of work in Africa. And, and I was just probably 12 or 13 years old and hearing this story and the story and the minister gets up and he just says, yes, yeah, sister so-and-so did a lot of great things for the Lord. She did this and she did that. She did this and she did that. And I'm thinking to myself, I hadn't done any of that. I'm here checking out the girls in the room. You know what I'm saying? As a teenager, okay? And don't tell me you haven't done that either. Come on, don't look at me all religious like that. So I was checking out the girls in the room. And then he says this, And we hope sister so-and-so made it to heaven. Now I'm 12 years old. I'm checking out the girls in the place. I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to heaven now. It's over for me. Are you guys getting this? That was my upbringing. My upbringing. You heard me tell the communion story. We did communion today. When that communion element passed, when I was a kid, and my uncle, my uncle was on the usher team, and he was passing it, and I went to reach for it because I was hungry. Come on. And he, and he just said, I'm like, what? And my brother, no, you can't take that. If you take that because you're not baptized, you're going to die right here on the spot. I went, radioactive, stay away from me okay this is what I was raised in okay now I hear I come out of all this I receive Christ I get born again okay as a late teenager and I start to hear these messages that God loves you God loves you put that picture back up again God loves you God loves you but my mind is wrestling with this am I talking to anybody here today my mind is wrestling with maybe some Catholic upbringing that we maybe some, I know there's people in here, you've had some bad experiences in, 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 in Catholic schools with the way they disciplined you. And, and so you saw that priest or that authoritarian figure with the way they disciplined you and it really messed you up in understanding. Now God loves me, the father loves me when this was his representative in the earth. Are you guys following me? And I think whether we realize it or not, That sometimes every person in this room, including myself, we struggle with this concept of God, the Father, like Jesus was expressing because of images like this, experiences like this, stuff that I experienced in my upbringing. Come on, am I talking to anybody here today? And what happens is it creeps over into an understanding. And suddenly prayer Or spending time with God becomes hard because in the back of our mind, we have this image in our mind. Come on, are you with me? Maybe, maybe God is trying to change that here today. Maybe he's trying to help us to see something a little bit different. Oh, come on. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying here today? Prayer is easier than you think. And it starts with understanding who the Father is. Here's the question I have for you. Who is he to you? Who is the Father to you? Let's take a look at a couple of scriptures here. Some solutions. Some things that help me, but I think will help you as well, all right? I gotta tell you, you know, (laughs) one of the reasons why I, I really work at staying calm because the upbringing that I was raised in, that culture that religious culture practiced scream praying. Anybody, anybody ever heard that term before, scream praying? So what would happen was is my dad was God-fearing, and he really loved God, but he didn't know any better. So because he didn't know any better, he passed on what he didn't know any better to us. Make sense? This is how it gets wrong. This is how truth gets all messed up. And so he would go... He would go into the basement at least at least two or three times a week because he loved to pray. He loved to spend time with God. But his, sp- his spending time with God wasn't like having coffee and having communion like this. His time spending with God was he'd go into the basement and he would get on his knees and he'd raise his hands to heaven and he would start yelling at the top of his lungs as if God couldn't hear him. <laughs> I am not kidding you. And so I'd be upstairs in my room, or sometimes Anton and I would be outside playing football, and we could hear my dad in the basement screaming at God. (laughs) Come on, you guys. I'm just being honest with you. And And he meant well. That's why I don't want to knock him. That's just where they were. That's where their faith was. But in my mind as a teenager, I'm like, man, why is he screaming at God? Do you really want to be screaming at God? Does it really take screaming at God? And we were more concerned than what the neighbors thought about this, yelling that was coming out of my basement all the time, right? This is what we were raised in. And so I'm, and then I get born again, I get Christ, I find Christ and, and I start hearing these thoughts, Jesus loves you and the Father. I'm like, wait a minute, scream, preaching, communion. Come on, they didn't make it to heaven. Is there hope for me? Are you with me? So Romans 8 15th or 16, notice what it says. It says, oh, I love this. Evidently, the apostle Paul who writes this was struggling with the same issues with people who were following his ministry. Notice what he says here. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, he wasn't talking about fear like you're afraid of doing something, or you're afraid of heights, or you're afraid that someone's going to hurt you. The fear that he's talking about here is is the bondage that goes back to the Old Testament law. That's what he's referring to. He was saying, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to the Old Testament law. Here is one of the reasons why they were always so fearful. Put that image back up again. Can you just put that image up? Because this guy represented A doctrine that said, if you have sin in your life and it is not dealt with, the God that we serve will visit your generations on three and four generations in front of you. So it created this fear, right? So they're hearing God is loving. They're hearing he's the father. But they're wrestling with this image, okay? Because they're thinking, but I understand you're saying he's the loving father, but at what point am I going to get visited because of something that somebody did 40, 50, 60 years ago? Are you with me? So it created this fear. You didn't receive the spirit of bondage again, the fear. But notice what they received. You received the spirit of adoption to I who we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Here's what it means. You have received the spirit of adoption. He was speaking to Romans. Romans understood this word adoption, and Paul had to use this word to straighten out this thinking, because in the Roman culture, when you when, when a Roman adopted somebody, they had to pay a lot of money for the adoption. They had to go through this elaborate ceremony for the adoption, but when it was all done, that child that they adopted became their child as much as their blood child was. That child got to participate in all the benefits, all of the goodies as the same blood children. Are you with me? When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your adoption, somebody. He paid for all of the goodies. We have the benefits as heirs with God now. Listen, listen. This is telling us this is telling us, and Paul was trying to say to them, does God love Jesus? Answer, yes. then God has to love me, because if he loves me any less than he loves Jesus, he wouldn't be just. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Tell me that's not a game changer. Oh, my goodness. You've received the spirit of adoption. To whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The word of God has things in it for a reason. The Holy Spirit leaves things in the Bible for a reason for us to catch and to understand. It wasn't a mistake to leave the word Abba in here. Okay, this word Abba is amazing. I told you about Elohim, the covenant-keeping God, El Shaddai, the almighty God, the judge. And the, I told you about all that, but the greatest name, to be revealed was right here in this scripture, right here. This word, Abba, means daddy. Come on, somebody. Somebody say daddy. daddy. The Apostle Paul is saying, i am not come here to reveal to you, how should I? Although he is. Or the judge, although he is. Or the the rule keeping God, although he is. I've come to reveal a new name. And the name that's above all names. I know we know Jesus is the name above all names. I agree with you. But the name of God that's above all names. This one right here. Daddy. Daddy. Come on. Somebody shout, Daddy. I remember one night my kids had been... Alone doing something, and they were little, and I, I remember being in bed, and I heard whatever they had. They, I don't know if they were hanging out with some kids or were watching something scary or whatever it was, and they couldn't sleep. And I'm laying there, just getting ready to doze off to sleep in my cloud, cl- cloud pillow, cloud comforter, cloud. Just just getting ready to doze. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? And, and don't even think about dozing right now, because this is the best part of the sermon right here. <laughs> so i'm just dozing off and i heard the word daddy i got up like i was superman come on somebody i ran into the room what what's up daddy daddy and just talking about the 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 fear and the stuff that she had i went there to her side prayed with her comforted her didn't leave until she was settled and she was all taken care of okay now something i gotta tell you something Go back to that, put that image back up there again. Put that image back up there again. She didn't say, Daddy, will thou with cometh to my roometh to rescue with me if no, she said what? Daddy. She said what? Daddy. Folks, when you say daddy, he comes. I'm telling you. This is what he came to reveal. Now get rid of that image, and I hope I never put it back up again. Okay, and again, I, again, that's where their faith is, and God bless them. Okay, God bless them. Okay, and so that's why I want to be careful with how I said that. I don't want to knock anybody. That's where their faith is, but I believe the Word of God came to give us something better. We serve Daddy, Daddy. When we talk about prayer being easier. Than it is, it's because we don't understand this concept of daddy. Daddy wants to spend time with you. Daddy wants to be with you. If you get that today, and you straighten out this image, even if you did not have a good relationship with your earthly dad, Because psychologists tell us that if you didn't have a good relationship with your earthly dad, it will affect how you see your heavenly dad, okay? They do say this, but listen, the remedy for all of that is being in an environment right here, hearing scriptures like this, being around a community of people like this understand, listen, I know you may have had a bad daddy, or I know that maybe like me, you've been raised in a religious environment that messed you up, but the scripture tells me he is daddy, and I'm going to go for daddy. Anybody want to go for daddy in this place in here? All right, so I'm going to give you three statements here, and then I'm going to shut this down. Anybody getting anything out of this here today? Listen, here's the first statement I want And I'm not going to read the scriptures. I'll give them to you, but for the sake of time, here's the first statement. You are always on daddy's mind. Any Christians in this place? You are always on daddy's mind, whether you realize it or not. That's why I took my time about the religious upbringing. I took my time, I'm taking my time here. Maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your natural dad. Listen, the word of God tells us that you are always on his mind. We have to read this scripture, Matthew Matthew six twenty five through 27. Let's just read this. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap. Or they store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them and you do not, and are you not much more valuable than these Isn't this awesome? Listen, listen. When my kids are struggling with something, I struggle. I love my kids. If you're a parent in this room, you know what I'm talking about. When you see your kid getting ready to make a bad decision, I struggle like I'm getting ready to make a bad decision. When I see my kid going through a distressful situation, I'm. Going through the distress. Are you with me? When I saw my kid getting bullied at school, it was like I was getting bullied at school. When I saw my kid, you know, struggling in school and struggling to learn, the youngest had a struggle early on because we kind of pushed her and she had a struggle and we really helped her and she's soaring right now in an amazing way. One day I'll tell you how we did that. But when she was struggling, I was struggling. She came crying, saying, Dad, I feel like I'm dumb. I felt like I was dumb. Are you with me? I said, I got on my knees and I said, We're gonna work on this together. You know how we worked on it? Here's how we worked on every night. I got on my knees and I leaned over her and I said, We're gonna pray together. And you're gonna say, you're gonna declare this over. You're gonna say, I'm smart. Daddy, I don't feel smart. Say I'm smart. Come on, we're gonna say this together. I'm smart. She said, start, she's with tears, I'm smart. And we night after night after night, we did this. And she got to the place. Where she's like, Dad, I'm smart. I'm so smart. Yeah, that's it, Drea. That's it, baby girl. That's it. I'm going to tell you something. We got a report from her teacher. It was like 30 or 40 days later. She said, I don't know what you're doing with your daughter, but she has gone from last to first in our class. Are you with me? Here's the deal. Here's the, come on, clap, you guys. Come on. This is good stuff right here, but here's the deal I want you to get more than anything. When she was going through it, I was going through it. As a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're going through something, or when your kid's going through something, you go through it. What in the world makes us think that our Heavenly Father is any different? I'm telling you, when you're going through that marital distress, He's going through it. When you're going through how to figure out how to pay your bills, he's going through it. Are you hearing me today? Daddy, he's inviting you. He wants you to know you're always on his mind. It's not an accident that you're here. That you've dawned the doorways of Revolution Church, maybe to hear a revolutionary concept that you are always on dad's mind. How about this one? Don't be afraid to ask dad. Don't be afraid to ask dad. Don't be afraid to sit across the table and to dialogue with him. Don't be afraid to ask dad for stuff. Don't be afraid to say, Dad, I don't know how to fix my marriage. Dad, I don't know how to help some of my best friends get healed in their relationship. I don't know. I don't know, Lord how to help my daughter make the right decision about what college she's going to go to. I don't know. I don't know how to relate to my spouse on this issue that we seem to have an impasse on. I don't know how to, how to, how to, how to break forth in that next level of my career. Don't be afraid to ask Dad. I'm telling you right now, Dad wants you to ask him that. And Dad wants you to ask. And Dad wants you to listen. Here's the last last thing that dad wants from you. Dad wants you to know that he's got your back and that he is always pulling for you. He's always pulling for you. Here's what I mean by that. One of the greatest stories in the New Testament, and I hope you hear this. Let me say this before I, I move into this story. It's one of the reasons why today at Following Our Service we have what we call our steps if you're new here today i want to give you a personal invitation to join us for steps it's right after the service lunch is included child care is included if you have kids we'll spend 45 minutes together today it's called step one it's for anybody that's new to revolution church we get a chance to spend time with you i get a chance to go through a little bit more of the stuff that we're talking about here today and introduce you to revolution church and possibly you introduce yourself to us we would love to have you Because in steps, we talk a little bit more about some of these concepts, okay? But dad, dad's here. Dad loves you. Dad wants you to ask him. You're always on dad's mind. And you have to know today, before you leave, that dad is really for you. He's posturing towards you. He is. One of the great stories we have in the New Testament it's a story of the prodigal son. We, we, hang, we hang out a little bit more on the son part and what he did, how he squandered the wealth and how he, you know, riotous living, rebellious living, how he lived in a den of a nicotine, you know, and all that stuff. We heard all the stories, okay. But we, we lose sight of the father and the father's desire. See, while the son, like us, like me. Like the son was out rebelliously living, squandering his life, squandering his resources, taking what was given to him, the privilege of the resources that was given to him, and wasting it away. I relate to this guy like you cannot believe. While the son was living that way, the dad, the dad, was waiting he was waiting for his son he was looking for his son he was hoping for his son he was believing that his son was going to get it. believing that the son was going to come to his senses believing and praying he didn't turn his back saying well you want to live that way you're dead to me those words, you are dead to me, are some of the most wicked words in our generation. It pours over into a religious approach the way God, we thought God was to people who were sinners. Okay? That father was pining for his son, believing for his son. Dad was saying, Any day, my son's gonna get it. Come on, are you getting this here today? Prayer is easier than you think. Any day. son's gonna get it any day my son's coming home any day my son's gonna be restored any day my son's gonna step into what he's supposed to step into any day any day and we know this from the story that the son put together this speech after he had come to a sense, of, after he had come to the end of himself, and he went back under wrong pretenses. It wasn't holy pretenses. It wasn't like he was so repentant and, and so, oh, you know, now he's, he's actually just going to, you know, turn and, and follow a different. It wasn't any of that. His pretenses were false. He was hungry and he was living in squalor. He went back to a father who was waiting on him in false pretenses. Come on, you got to hear this. And the father didn't say to him when he saw him, oh, I don't think your pretences are right. I don't think that you've repented enough. I don't think that you've got all that out of your life enough. I don't think so. Uh Uh-uh. The father saw him and went running to him. Come on, somebody. And before... The man, before the son could utter one word of his speech, one word of his confession, the father threw his arms around him and said, that which is lost is now found and threw a party for him. Dad, I throwing a party for you. Dad's pining for you. When I say prayer, it's easier than we think. If you understand this, that daddy... You are always on dad's mind, that dad wants you to ask, that dad is pulling for you. When you understand this, you'll get up in the morning to spend time with dad. You'll pull away from a meal to spend time with dad. You might come to steps to find out more about dad. Oh, did you see how I just got that in there? That was really good, wasn't it? You may not be here. You may, or you probably are not here by accident, because dad loves you. So when Jesus said, our father, I go to my father and your father, the father loves you. We have received the spirit of adoption, Abba, daddy, that's what prayer is all about. We get the privilege of hanging out with Dad, letting Dad mold us, letting Dad shape us, letting Dad talk to us, letting Dad watch over us, watch over our children, watch over our finances, watch over our health. Are you getting this? It's Dad who's watching over us. You know, my kids are born. Jean and I made an agreement that we want them to be in a position when they were 18 to 20 years old, way different than we were. And we started early on. We found a way to put stuff away for them when they were, and we started investing for them. Shh! Don't tell them I'm telling you this, okay? So, because they find out about it, they're gonna want it. I, I, you okay? I may have a prodigal son in my hand. No, I'm just joking. So we started investing. And every year when we do that, we just we know we're putting into their future. We're putting into their future. And I just sat there and I said, if I am an earthly dad desiring to do this for my children, how much more so my heavenly dad desire to, to do that for us? Are you guys getting this today? These desires that we have for our kids, they come from God, the daddy. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, please. If you're here today and you don't know this dad, you don't know this dad, you don't know the daddy that Jesus was talking about. I want to invite you into that relationship with dad today. Maybe you've heard about Jesus religiously like I did and how it took some time for me to come out of all that upbringing and understanding this concept of daddy maybe that's you here today he said you know I don't know Jesus that way pastor dino but I'd like to or maybe you're here today and you're saying you know I'm far from dad I'm far from dad and it's time for me to come home to dad it's time for me to get reconnected to my daddy Oh, it's not that he's ever left you because the Bible says he never leaves us or forsakes us. It's very clear. It's very clear that nothing can separate us from the love of God. It's very clear. But we separate ourselves from God. We make decisions away from God. He's always there with us, never leaves us or forsakes us. But today, maybe you're saying, I'm going to take a step back towards that." And I just believe something very special is in this room right now. with every head bowed and every eye closed. And I know a lot of people are afraid to do this, but I just feel like God wants to do something special at Revolution Church and reveal an intimacy with the dad, with the father that maybe we've never had before. So if you're here today for any one of those two invitations, say, I don't know Jesus like this, Pastor Dino," and I'm away from dad. Without anyone looking around, this is just me. It's just you and me now. I want to come in agreement with you. Slip up your hand, nice and high, so I can see. that. You. I want to just agree with you. You said that's me. I don't know this daddy like this, and I got to come home to daddy. I got to come home. I got to. I got to invite Jesus into my heart. Thank you. I see that hand. Yes. Yes. Come on. Holy Spirit is doing such an amazing work in this room. All right. Would you pray this prayer with me out loud? Our our desire is never to embarrass anyone. Pray this prayer with me. Say. Heavenly Father, Daddy, I come before you today. I ask that your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for my sin, who you raised from the dead to pay for my sin, will come into my life. I receive him as my Savior now change me. Help me walk in this new life. In Jesus' name. Amen.